I'm your host, Van, and this is Best Week Ever. For this episode, I'm going to take a big chunk of the portion of it talking about DMX. I will also begin to talk about Will I Am and his smart mask, uh, some throwbacks, and a new release on Netflix that everyone should watch because it's Oscar nominated for a short film, Two Distant Strangers. Will I Am from the most popular band back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, Black Eyed Peas, has just announced that he came out with $299 headphones that is also a mask. It's called a smart mask. It has dual three-speed fan. It has a Bluetooth noise-canceling audio, seven hours of battery charge. I kind of was hoping maybe a little bit longer than that with the price that it comes with. It dropped April, April 8th and it sold out in nine minutes. Now, he collaborated with a costume designer, Jose Fernandez. Jose Fernandez has done Elon Musk's SpaceX suits. And if you remember, right when Elon Musk was coming out with his Tesla, Will I Am invested on Tesla. So it makes sense that he collaborated with this Hollywood designer. It is not only headphones, um, doesn't only have the LED lights or charging port. I think it's very unique looking, I guess, and very futuristic. It just sucks that he came out with this now. Maybe if it happened last year for last summer, that would have been great. And there has been no word if they are actually going to produce more of these masks since they sold out in nine minutes. But they only sold about 900 of them, so not a lot. I'm actually looking forward to see this mask out in public. If I don't see it around Silicon Valley, I'll most likely see it in New York City when I go visit this summer. I don't actually see anyone investing their money on this mask, unless you're rolling in dough. And I really don't know anyone who is in this 2020-2021 pandemic. If you are interested in looking at how this mask looks like or want to pre-order the mask product is called super max mask super mask with an x so yeah super mask x-u-p-e-r-m-a-s-k dot com again i'm not getting paid to promote this i don't even think i'm promoting it right now i just think it is kind of tacky <laughs> for this to be coming out at this day and age. I understand um, 2020 in the Terminator years, we probably looked at this year as very futuristic and sadly it's not guys. If anything, we're taking three step backs. For my best week ever award, I am handing it to a short film that should be watched by everyone that's on Netflix right now. The movie is called Two Distant Strangers. 
and it's Oscar nominated for a short film. This film um, follows a young black man who is pretty much repeating his day over and over Groundhog Day where he faces a cop the minute he leaves the building. Every day is a different scenario, but he still faces this cop and this cop faces him as well. That's why it's called Two Distant Strangers. The reason why I'm talking about this film right now is because I've been keeping an eye on this film and where it would be streaming because it is a short film, it's an indie flick, and with pandemic, we really don't have the access and ability to go see a film like we did before, let alone an independent film. It has been opening up slowly in theaters in Brooklyn and other sh um, small indie film theaters, but it has finally signed up with Netflix, which is a great move right before the Oscars on April 25th. I know George Floyd and the Derek Chauvin trial is happening right now, and I've been seeing the whole trial. I've been reading up on it. Um, the witnesses, crazy. I don't really want to talk about it because, um, of course, I want to keep things very light <laughs> in, um, and keep it in pop culture, although it is part of pop culture. I think with this trial and this short film being premiered right now on Netflix, it should give everybody a different perspective, a different point of view of what is going on in what people may think is America. So please watch the movie Two Distant Strangers on Netflix and keep an eye on them for the Oscars when they air it on April 25th. Hopefully they will win their short film category. Before I get into deep and heavy conversation about my worst week ever, I wanted to throw a little throwback, go back in time and talk about our ring back tones. Do you remember what a ring back tone is? Back in the early 2000s, I want to say 2004, AT&T, Verizon, all of the phone providers had a little gem that you can add to your phone. So I had a sidekick at this time. Sidekicks were big. Not only did um, I have a ringtone, which was Roxanne by the police. So every time my phone rang, Roxanne was playing as my background. But if you were calling me, which is called the ringback tone, and you were, instead of getting the ringtone of the dial of like ring, 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 you would get, shake that laffy taffy, that laffy taffy. I loved that song so much when that song came out and of course I put it as my ring back tone. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I just found out that phone providers have ended this little gem that we used to have. It is no longer provided for us. You can no longer 
play Shake That Laffy Taffy when you call me now. I also was, at that time, super into indie music, of course, with Fridays and the Postal Service. I was super indie at the time, of course. I was living in Brooklyn, and I was that chick. I had blonde redhead um, playing as my ringtone ring back tone it was 23 I'll probably play a little snippet of it because it's just so such a great song anyway the reason why I'm talking about this is because I remember when I put this as a little add-on to your phone, my mom used to scream and yell at me, leaving me voicemails. She would leave me voicemails saying I would never get a job because Shake That Laffy Taffy was my ringback tone. Yeah, boomers are crazy. So RIP to ringback tones. I hope they make a comeback. I don't know. What do you say, Gen Z? Maybe you'll bring that back. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about as well, back in the 2000s, Josie and the Pussycats. 20 years later, guys. That movie came out 20 years ago with Rosario Dawson, Rachel Lee Cook, and Tara Reid. Those three were my Charlie's Angel at the time. I was in middle school, super into that music, super into playing guitar and having a pixie haircut that never actually landed the way that I wanted to, the way Rachel Lee Cook played as Josie in Josie and the Pussycats. Well, anyway, for, for also one of my ringback tones, I had one of the Josie and the Pussycats song. Why do you do what you do to me? a great reminder to go back and think of the crazy techie things that we did with our phones like our blackberries bbm i miss that uh, but one of the biggest ones that i do miss is the ringback tones it was the definition of like how cool you were in the music you chose so before I talk about DMX, I just wanted to point out that this whole entire week since I heard about him entering the hospital. I've been doing my research on DMX, talking to old middle school friends about the feud with DMX and Ja Rule. Yeah, just doing my research of him and when I sat down this morning prepared to talk about DMX and record, I got 
my little notification on my phone telling me that DMX has passed this morning. So, yeah. Let's begin now. DMX suffered a heart attack last week and he was left in a vegetative state, which was an overdose. Uh, it left him on life support. Over the weekend, his family held a vigil in front of the hospital in White Plains, New York, where a lot of people went to mourn and pray for him. He was 50 years old. His legacy as a rapper goes all the way back in the early 1990s with a Rough Rider crew that included Ja Rule. When the two split up for Murder, Inc., they were already on rough patches. DMX accusing Ja Rule for copying him, and he was very vocal about Ja. He came out with a diss track. They want war. I remember in middle school, the Ja Rule and DMX feud was a big deal. If you were into DMX, he was the toughest. If you were into Ja Rule, he was more for the girls, in my opinion. In middle school, my favorite song was the Rough Rider anthem, Stop, Drop. Uh, also, my favorite music videos that I can think of on BET was DMX, uh, Party Up In Here, Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind, was always played 8th grade. <laughs> Um, he had the greatest bops. Also, what I do think of when I think of Ja Rule and DMX in my world, guys, my world, um, I remember my friend Cindy. She was like the toughest girl in eighth grade. You did not want to fight with Cindy. She even fought teachers I, from what I remembered. Anyway, I hope she's doing okay. She was a bad bitch. <laughs> I remember her bringing Ja Rule CD where he had Thug Life written on his abs. And um, she was just awing the cover and screaming and talking about how great he was. And then there was like my friend Jeanette who hated Ja Rule. She was more of a DMX fan. And the two went at it back and forth. These are the two toughest chicks, by the way, in my eighth grade class. I had to text Tina so she can remind me <laughs> Jeanette's name. Jeanette would always be going to the principal office. Always. Anyway, the back and forth is, you can only imagine, like, DMX is tougher and Ja Rule is at a carnival singing Ashanti songs. Literally, me and Tina, whenever these girl fights would happen, and they would happen, unfortunately, a lot, <laughs> Uh, we would just grab the popcorn and watch. It was great TV. Like, when I think about all the drama that happened in eighth grade, shout out to Christopher Columbus Middle School in Clifton, New Jersey. Hey, besides the music videos and the rap and the lyrics, when I think of DMX, I have to include Job Rule and think of eighth grade of when these two girls who bullied pretty much everyone and it was funny well not funny it was kind of it's entertaining to watch the two toughest girls fight each other not so much anymore <laughs> but back to dmx throughout the years dmx has always been poetic with his art form of lyrics to rap he's laid out all of his emotions of pain into art 
I do want to acknowledge the way society have criminalized addiction. He has always been outspoken about his struggles with drugs starting when he was 14 when a mentor, a mentor, laced his blunt with crack. He has overcame his battles of identity as a hood gangster to his preaching gospel lyrics. He was very committed and passionate in his work, and he was transparent about trauma and gave rap a sense of humanity, something that I'm afraid not even Jay-Z can portray. The media throughout his stay in the hospital has been, of course, disgusting. Articles like my worst week ever award this week is Sarah Painter. (laughs) P-A-N-T-E-R. Yes, look this girl up because she deleted her Twitter after posting an article about DMX history of housing complications. Yes, you heard that right. This woman who is a real estate journalist. Let me say that again. She is a real estate journalist. I don't know why she decided to write an article about DMX and his background history with fraud and bankruptcy and basically money and housing complications. Who wanted to read this? Again, New York Post has had history of being racist and being misogynistic as well, sexist, because look at the Britney Spears. We had just had a whole conversation about how violent, sexist, um, like I said, misogynistic the um, media can be when Britney went through it with Janet and the hip-hop legend DMX was fighting for his life when the New York Post decided to post his losses of houses. So distasteful. So while DMX's family was asking for prayers and positive vibes, this journalist decided to write this article to, what, make him look like a bad person? To make him look like a person who suffers from addictions? I don't understand what you're trying to tell us from this article. Are you saying, like, what has happened to this man past he deserves to go through what he's going through right now do you understand what you are doing (laughs) this man has suffered and turned his rap into art he's poetic he's showing his pain and emotion through every lyric in every song in every rap normally this kind of genre would be a toxic to the masses but instead he put his pain in paper and like i said right after she posted this article she deleted her twitter did she know the backlash that she was gonna receive did new york post make her write this article did or was it the other way around where she wrote the article and she didn't care and that's why she deleted her twitter Either way, this is such a bad article, bad timing. I don't know what kind of audience you were trying to reel in with this article, but this seriously is your worst week ever, Sarah Painter. 
I don't see you continuing covering real estate journalism. Go somewhere else. If you want to cover real estate journalism, look at Jizz Lane Maxwell. Look at Matt Gates. Okay, if you want to talk about real estate, go after to the people that really needs to be looked after, like really needs to look under a microscope, look at all their data. You're wasting your time trying to make DMX look bad. This man has gone through trauma. He has growth. He has gone through things that you would not believe you can handle. Um, I kind of wish DMX had a biography or he had some type of autobiography because just the way that he was raised, um, it's heartbreaking how he was abused by his mother and he wouldn't want to go home at night. So he would just hang out in the streets because he didn't want to be abused by his mom and his father left and it's it's all there in his music go ahead and hear it so yes worst week ever to her and i just hope dmx family is grieving in a safe space and please go back and listen to DMX music. X gonna give it to you. Like, there's just so many hits, so many bops, and to this day, you it still it slaps. Thanks so much for listening this week, guys. Next week, we will dive into more of what's going on in the internet, as usual. I'm also going to try to do more throwbacks like the 2000s ring back tone. You know, I'm going to bring up more 2000s history and see if you remember or if we even want it back or not. Because, you know, 2000s fashion is coming up, guys. Like that crazy stripe gap sweater shirt. Do you remember that crazy stripe colorful crew neck looking cashmere sweater in the gap that's coming back i don't know why and you know what else is slowly coming back which i'm not against it at all is the jumpsuits the track suits like not the ones that say juicy on the ass i was not really into those i guess but i do miss the track suit style it's comfortable it's fashionable and i'm here for it but check us back next week for your best week ever. Thanks so much, guys. No matter how hard it rains, withstand the pain. DMX.